We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride podcast. I am, of course, Pete Sweeney, and I'm joined by the manager of ArrowheadPride.com, Joel Thorman. Uh, Joel, here we are. The game's Friday night, 8 o'clock, finally preseason game one. What are you most excited about? Mahomes. What else could I possibly answer right there? He's going to get the third quarter, uh, and I thought that the TV ratings in Kansas City will be very high in the third quarter. Yeah, I think what's most interesting to me about these games is it's the preseason. Usually you watch a quarter of these games, and if that by that time... Well, you're going to learn here in the blog life that <laughs> you've got to watch the whole thing, even preseason, which is sometimes a little painful early on. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, even, I'm just saying, you know, as a fan, right. uh, you know, you watch the first quarter and you miss football, you miss seeing your team. And then all of a sudden the first quarter is over and usually what you're saying to yourself is I'm ready for the regular season. But I think it'll be a little different because uh, Andy Reid did say on Tuesday Alex gets the first quarter, Tyler Bray will get the second quarter, and the third quarter will belong to Patrick Mahomes. First time in a Chiefs uniform at Arrowhead. Very, very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I really, I just want to see him play. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just a fan when it comes to this. Um, you know, I want to see him uh, wind up once and fling it deep. Like, I want to see that play where you you see two years down the line, like, what this guy's going to be like. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's going to be a play where you're going to realize, like, oh, this is the future, you know? Like, this guy's going to you know, figure this out in a little, uh, you know, in the next couple of years or however long it's going to take them. So I'm looking for the little like glimpses like that. I think Chiefs fans are going to be pleasantly surprised. I've happened to be at training camp uh, for most of the days, um, you know, this summer. And there's definitely some flashes. I mean, you know, I did tweet out some videos on Tuesday of uh, Patrick kind of throwing a deep ball and, you know, in stride. And, it, and it's and it's impressive. And I think fans will get to see that. You'll also get to see there's some mistakes he makes. Uh, I mean, there's some routes uh, that some of these receivers are running, and he obviously doesn't have a stronghold on the playbook quite yet, so maybe there'll be a misthrow or an overthrow, things like that. But at the same time, I, you know, it's like Christmas morning. I think, you know, for uh, Chiefs fans, they've received this Christmas gift a long time ago, uh, and normally what's the first thing you want to do with the toy on Christmas morning? You want to play with it. That's been months and months till, till for the Chiefs fans to be able to really see this guy on TV against another team, so that I think definitely will be the most exciting part of that game. And digging deeper into the Mahomes-Bray um, battle here, I, I really think number two is up for grabs. So I'm interested in seeing, in that regard, what does Bray do? Because Bray has to come out here, and he's got to perform well in the preseason, or I think he's going to lose that job. Yeah, that's, that's I think, going to tell us, um, you know, the, the Bray-Mahomes battle is going to tell us how serious the Chiefs are about sitting Mahomes all year. You know, that's the first thing they said about after they drafted him. This is Alex's team in 2017, yada, yada, yada. But... 
if Bray stays on the team, he's not going to, you know, Mahomes isn't going to play. That's, right. why, that's why they're keeping Bray on the, on, on the team. Um, if they go with Mahomes as the number two, I mean, I don't know how you see that and don't read it as Mahomes in 2018. You know, even if Alex has a great season. Uh, so that's kind of the, you know, overthinking analysis that, you know, an, uh, what do they call it? Analysis by per- paralysis by analysis. <laughs> um, you know, that's the kind of like things that I'm going to be kind of uh, thinking about as, as you know, that particular camp battle is, is decided. I think that's going to be a pretty interesting one because I don't have a good gut feeling either way, which way they're going to go. Yeah, I mean... It- it's weird to me because I'll watch them at camp and I almost think neither is really ready to be number two. It's not one or the other. It's just like they both um, have their moments where they look good and they both have their moments where they look bad. And that's scary. I mean, because if you remember, Alex Smith has missed games before. You know, he right. had that lacerated spleen um, a couple seasons ago where Chase had to play. And then there was the, the head issue, I think, a season ago where Nick Foles had to play a game. A half. It was a game and a half um, against Indy. Um so, yeah, I mean, one hit away from your season being in the hands of either a really young kid who's going to be raw or a guy who really hasn't proven himself. You know, and I wrote that the other day. That's what, a little, that's what scares me a little bit. But, again, we won't know until the games and finally Friday night we get to see that. Right. And, and you know, for everyone who says, uh, you know, Bray's not, not going to make it or, um, you know, he sucks and all that. We don't know anything about him, first of all. But the Chiefs have kept him for four-plus years. You know what I mean? Like, I've said the Chiefs are going to cut Bray for the last three off-seasons, and they haven't. Um, So, you know, that's what I kind of, like, keep coming back to when it comes to that battle is that they've got some serious time invested in him. He's not just a guy. Um, You know, but then the flip side is last year they were in this similar position. Uh, Bray could have been the number two, and then Foles became available, and they quickly went out and got him. you know, if another Foles like became available this week, do you think the Chiefs go out and get him? Very possible, and, that, and that's something I did right when I was saying I don't think Bray's going to be num- number two. It doesn't necessarily have to be Mahomes, but I think Friday night's really going to give Andy Reid and the coaching staff and the evaluators, the Brett Veaches, a picture of what do they have. Right. It's and because it's either now or never for Bray, and Mahomes has to sort of prove he's ready at the young age to go and take a team and and be one play away from getting into the game. And, uh, you know, you, of course, can't forget Mr. Fourth Quarter, Joel Stave. We'll, yeah. we'll get a oh, chance yeah. to showcase oh, himself yeah. on Friday night. But that's the quarterback position. Joel, another position I want to talk about is the running back position, which seems to be getting more interesting by the day. Uh, I tweeted out that it, Kareem Hunt is now uh, getting a good chunk of first-team action at training camp, which leads me to believe that he could necessarily he could work himself into that primary running back position. Yeah, I, I just think catching the ball is such an important role um, for that position uh, throughout Andy Reid's entire career, really, um, that Hunt, you know, I think it's only a matter of time until he gets a leg up on it. Uh, you know, running back, you're probably going to play multiple guys, so clearly there's a role for Spencer Ware. Um, but, man, you see some of those highlights in, in camp of, you know, Kareem Hunt running down the field and making a great catch. Uh, you know, and, and, and even Andy Reid, you know, who doesn't really pump up his rookies too much, you know, talked about, I like how he's put together. You know, I like his balance. He's, you know, he's got some good things going. So I think they, they really do like him. Um, you know, I, I also, and I know we're going to get to it, but, you know, there's also Shark, uh, C.J. Spiller. Like, I think that's really interesting if we're talking about, you know, those two coming down to one spot. Um, so you really have, like, you know, two or three different little battles going on, you know, at running back right now, depending on how many people they actually keep. 
Yeah, I find it really interesting. And as I was leaving St. Joe um, for the last practice, I, I, I thought more and more and more about it. And it, it's starting to make a little bit more sense where Kareem Hunt, who does a variety of things, if he can show that he can handle this playbook as a rookie, it just makes more sense for him to be the primary back and Spencer Ware to come in on those short um, yardage third downs or at the goal line. Because Spencer Ware, well, you know what he is. He's a big, bulky bruiser. And then you have your three and four, which is even more interesting. C.J. Spiller has shown out at camp. And Sharkandrick West was injured for three or four days. So um, C.J. Spiller had an opportunity to work in, and now he's working with the second team. So I think he's going to get a real shot here. You had a great video of Tyler Bray, uh, you know, slinging one 25 yards down the field yeah. to, to C.J. Spiller. And, yeah, I mean, kind of the similar analysis as Hunt is, you know, I just think that's so valuable. Um, but Spiller... You know, at his age, in the injury history, um, you know, I'm never going to have, like, complete confidence, I think, there. Um, I'm always going to be wondering, like, when's the other shoe going to drop? So, you know, I don't know how much you can rely on him. Uh, But you mentioned, you know, you said the other day that, you know, I think this was before Sharkandrick's injury, that it looked like he had a little bit of the... A little bit of juice left. A little bit of the juice left. There was a a play where Mahomes hit him at about the 20-yard line, and... I mean, you know, these are the third string guys, so you got to remember that. But Spiller danced his way to a touchdown. You know, it wasn't Mahomes' throw, and we know Mahomes can throw the ball uh, down the field. But this was a you know a short to intermediate yardage throw where C.J. Spiller had to use that old um, kind of return skill, those return skills that we right. know he's been able to use, and he and he was able to do it. And he looks like he has a little jump in his step. And sometimes late in these late in um, a veteran's career, they find a new place and you know change of scenery, finally a new start. Um, and, and they can springboard themselves. But I, I think you also have to have to remember, this is a guy who has returned kicks before. And when now, all of a sudden you have Tyreek Hill being the focal point of your offense and maybe not going to return kicks, might be worth having him as that third option for your running back and also your kick returner, who we know can hit a home run. The, and the, the Chiefs are rich at returner. You know, I mean, I can think of like eight guys sure. on the team that I'd feel comfortable putting back there too. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the, you know, spillers, like the older guy, like, you know, I still kind of lean towards putting my money on the younger guy, Sean yeah. Kendrick, who's playing for a contract. He does, he hasn't proven himself in the NFL. Um, I just think he's going to be like super motivated. That's why I was pretty disappointed to see that he was hurt for a few days, but he's back. Um, and I think this will be a huge, a huge, uh, uh, preseason for him too. And he still has the speed. And, and I, I just think, he, you know, this is where I sort of see the running backs. Um, all, all four of them is, you know, you have Kareem Hunt. I think the worst he's going to be is the two it can be as high as the one Spencer wear the same. And then you have just these two guys, you know, I don't think they get any higher than three, no matter what happens, just because I think Andy Reid has so much confidence in Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt has shown what he could do at training camp already, but it's going to be a battle for the three. And again, similar in the, to the quarterback situation, it's going to come down to these preseason games and that's something to be looking for on Friday night. Absolutely. That's, that's up there besides the, I'm sure we're going to receivers next, yep. but receivers are still ahead of backs for me. Yeah. There's a ton of receivers where, you don't really know how this is going to shake out. The Chiefs typically keep six receivers. There's more than six NFL receivers on this team f- watching training camp. So, so let's let's run this down. Tyreek, Chris Conley are receiver locks. Yeah, Act- actually, I'll throw Demarcus Robinson in there too. I would tend to agree. Uh, three guys that are for sure locks. Um, you know, Albert Wilson, DeAnthony Thomas, probably, maybe. Uh, Jay Huchesson, you know, I think is close to a lock as a fourth round pick. I would even put him in that first category just because, um, 
They took they took him in this year's draft, you know, and, and of course they've cut people they've drafted before, but uh, he's shown enough, especially I think with the rapport with Mahomes, because he's been out there for a lot of the third string um, reps. And him and Mahomes seem to have this connection going. And you're going to want that for the future because obviously Mahomes is going to be here for a long time. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think that should be kind of a fun one. Um, you know, Albert Wilson and, Sh- you know, because I think DeAnthony Thomas, uh, his value as a kick returner, they like him there. I think that gives him an edge for that fifth, you know, fifth or sixth receiver spot. Uh, you know, but can Shontavious Jones uh, make the team? I mean, that was kind of the question last year. I remember at camp last year, he flashed a little bit. Uh, and Andy Reid, you know, even said with, you know, with, with guys like that, let's let's see what happens with, if they keep doing it when the pads come on. So, um, yeah. You know. and, and there's also these names, you know, Mark, Marcus Kemp uh, has been really doing a nice job. You have Tevin Jones and, and um, Dieter. Out of nowhere the other day, yeah. seemed to be finding a little bit of that uh, connection with Mahomes as well. And so the, the receiver um, lot that the Chiefs have is pretty deep. Uh, and, you know, I think that'll be worth watching in the third and fourth quarters, too, is you're going to see some of these younger guys. And Chartavius Jones has been mixing in with the first and second teams. I think he's going to get a real chance here. And then where does that leave an Albert Wilson, a DeAnthony Thomas? That puts pressure on these veterans to really perform in this game when they maybe otherwise would not have. And what's so, so interesting to me about that is when Jeremy Macklin was cut, you thought you knew who these receivers would be, and all of a sudden the door is open again. Right, right. And, and you know, other than, uh, you know, Tyreek, I guess, I wouldn't say I have, like, huge expectations for the rest of them. Um, you know, uh, Chris Conley, I think, will have a pretty good season, but I would be stunned if he broke out for, you know, 1,200 yards or something like that. Um, you know, there's there's only so many so many balls to go around, I guess. Uh, and so, you know, I think the focus is obviously going to be like on those you know top couple of spots and Kelsey. Um, but you know, with injuries like one of those guys, like you know, the Chiefs are in in you know eleven personnel so much that like the third receiver, I think you're going to see you know some rotation yeah. uh, and a lot of competition. Like Tyreek and Conley, I think are pretty locked in at the top there. Uh, but it should be, you know, fun throughout the season to see who gets, you know, some some time there in that third receiver spot. Right. And that's just another thing to watch as well. I mean, there are position battles to watch all night for the Chiefs on Friday. But another thing to watch is the new Tyreek, because if you haven't been to training camp yet, I don't know if fans realize how much a part of the offense Tyreek Hill is now going to become. You know, I think he's your new Z, Z receiver um, where, where they're going to be running everything through him. And if, you know, they go to a secondary, it'll be a design play to where Tyreek is like a decoy. But he's been showing out at camp. Tyreek Hill as uh, not only a returner anymore. This is a guy who can be, and I wrote it the other day, I think one of the best receivers in the NFL. And, yes, he's only going to get one quarter, maybe two drives on Friday night. But hopefully you get a chance to see what he now can do, not only in that return game, but in the passing game. It's going to be a shame that Tyreek's not out there with Mahomes on <laughs> in, the, in the third quarter. I kind of want them, you know, first play the third quarter, bring Tyreek back out and just send him on a go route. And, Air it out. And, 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 Matt, and very Madden-esque. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, so that'll be a bit of a shame. Uh, but you've seen that in camp. Like, can you see, you know, I talked earlier about like looking at some of these plays and trying to imagine like what the future is going to be like with this guy. I mean, you know, in Madden, it seems like Mahomes to Tyreek is just going to be unstoppable. Has it been like that, um, you know, in real life, I guess, so to speak? 
it's it's been positive. I mean, you know, Tyreek doesn't really get a ton of chances to work with Mahomes other than in the one-on-ones, things right. like that. Um, but when they are in the field together, yeah, it's, it's a pretty deadly combination. It's just so rare you see it at training camp just because of the way things are. You know, they're not really giving him any second-team reps. So, like, Bray might, may be able to stay on with some of the first-team skill, um, skill position players, but Mahomes never really gets right. to see that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think the uh, the big arm to the cheetah connection is going to be something that uh, in the future, Kansas City fans are going to be, you know, that's going to be the it thing. And Tyreek is, is turning into an actual receiver. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, you know, yeah. I know we spend all of our time talking about, you know, how fast he can run deep and all that. Um, but, you know, I've seen some of the some of the, you know, stuff you've put out at camp and, and talk to you just like. You know, going out and running a hitch and catching the ball on the sidelines or, you know, even like a slant or something like that and making that catch, that's that's hard to do. As we can, you know, as we know with, uh, you know, some of the other players on the Chiefs roster, um, you know, drops can happen, uh, you know, pretty easily if you're not like a real receiver. I'm thinking of like Demetrius Harris. He's a converted guy, and it seems like it should be easy to go out there and just catch the ball, but, you know, it, it, it isn't always. Um, so, you know, for Tyreek to actually make this transition and, and be catching the ball regularly and fitting in as a receiver um, is is pretty impressive. And I think that's what people are going to be most surprised at is that, you know, he's not just the go deep guy. Like he's an actual part of the offense. And he's a pretty dynamic player. And it's not even just the receiving. You see, you see him sometimes in the backfield. And Andy Reid is one of the most creative play callers in the league. I don't think he's going to show that much on Friday night because usually you say yeah. that stuff for the New England Patriots. I'm you don't counts. think they're going to go direct snap to Tyreek? <laughs> no, no, To no. open it up? <laughs> no, but, but you know what I mean? Like this is a guy that not only can um, catch the football, he can rush, and especially when you have those end-around type of plays. I do kind of want to see them. Just just Andy Reid messing with other you know defensive coordinators and just uh, getting Tyreek in the backfield and having him <laughs> score from 75 yards out just to say, hey, just – Remember, he can do that, you right, know? Right, Make him think twice on it. Um, tight ends on uh, Friday night uh, should be interesting in itself, too, just because I don't know if Travis Kelsey's going to play. I doubt it, yeah. Uh, at this point, if there's knee swelling and he's been kept out for three or four practices, it's doubtful that you're going to put him out um, at Arrowhead Stadium on the field. And uh, with that being said, you'll get an opportunity to see some of these other tight ends, Ross Travis, Demetrius Harris, um, and Gavin Escobar, uh, who have all looked pretty good at camp. And, you know, the Chiefs have shown a um, liking for Demetrius Harris. They've put him in some pretty big spots in the past. Um, but Ross Travis, again, is having a pretty good camp. You, you wonder if he can do it when it's the actual game against right. somebody else because he had a good camp last year, didn't really translate to the regular season. And then you have Gavin Escobar, who's been pretty solid as well. Right. This seems like, um, you know, this is one of those positions where I always have to, like, you know, they'll, they'll probably keep four tight ends, maybe three. Um, but I always have to, like, step back and remember that, um, the third and fourth tight end, barring injury, is probably not going to have a very very big role. Like I think Ross Travis probably had a catch last year, mm-hmm. um, if that's it. Uh, so you know, I feel like this is one of those um, conversations that uh, happens in camp a lot, and then you know you kind of like forget about it because oh god, we have Kelsey. <laughs> right. You know, like he overshadows everything. Uh, but you know the the number two tight end spot, if that's up for grabs, if someone can unseat Harris. Um, that's pretty interesting because they run a bunch of two tight end sets. And, uh, and you still haven't heard anything about whether or not Harris will miss uh, a game or two da- right. you know, dating back to that arrest. So um, you're almost going to have to have somebody if that does come down and he misses one game, two games. Someone else is going to have to step up and, you know, it will be against the New England Patriots. So that's going to be a pretty big spot where, 
you know, if you win a job, you may not have won, and then you have a nice game against the Pats as the number two tight end. Maybe you, you know, you work yourself into a really um, important job for this team this year. Right, right. No, absolutely. I think the I, I think the number two tight end could be pretty fun because they do run a ton of those sets. Yeah. I just want to touch upon it quickly. Only thing really new about the offensive line you'll see on Friday night is the left guard switch. Uh, Witzman will be in there. Um, he has been. Um, primarily getting the first team snaps all throughout training camp. I'd say 90, 95%. The other 5% have gone to Zach Fulton, who I'm sure you'll see with the second team at either center or left guard on Friday night. But that'll be the only change from last year. Other than that, the offensive line's the same. Right. And I think that, you know, the Witzman extension caught some fans off guard because uh, probably many of them didn't know who he was. Uh, but if he ends up being your left guard starter, then, you know, I'd say that's pretty good. I'm, I'm still curious about Parker Anger and what happens when he comes back. Because, you know, I think even the first, you know, week of camp, I was still thinking to myself, like, oh, this will be Anger's job when he comes back. But I'm not convinced anymore. We're two weeks into camp and he hasn't participated. I don't, I wouldn't feel optimistic about him being ready week one. Yeah, I mean, I've been covering this team now. Uh, this is my fourth season. And something you always hear about the offensive line is the consistency among the guys because it's so important for them to be on the same page. Right. You know, and if they're performing well in the preseason together, even if anger could match or be as good or even maybe a little bit better than Witzman, I don't think you always make the move just because of that continuity. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about injuries, man. You know, you get injured and, and it could change, change right. your life, change your career. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen. But, it, you know, if, the, if there's one thing fans want to look for in the O-line um, on Friday night, I guess it would just be the performance of Witzman because, again, uh, they have mixed Fulton in a little bit, and you do have Anger looming. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the offensive line overall, um, which is still a little odd to say. Uh, you know, I feel like we've been complaining about the offensive line for years and years right. since like you know 2003. Um, so yeah, no, I I I think they're going to be pretty good. I don't really don't have any issues along the line at all. Even left guard, your one open spot, I'd be okay with. Anger, Fulton, you know, or Witzman. You got three guys there that I think they'd be okay with. And Damian Mama, an undrafted guard, was a was a pretty hyped undrafted guard. So, you know, maybe he slips onto your practice squad or something like that. Yeah, I mean you do keep a bunch of these offensive linemen even past the starting five. So yeah, there'll be definitely some reserves to watch it. And that's when Bray and Mahomes get in, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to hope that third string line protects uh, the quarterback of the future as well. If, if anyone gives up a sack of Mahomes, <laughs> the city will be coming cut, after you. Cut, yes. Cut. You are not making it through the rest of the game. All right. Well, Joe, that's the offense. We're going to get into some defense after this break. Pete Sweeney back here with Joel Thorman on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. And we are discussing the looming Friday night preseason game. You have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers at 8 p.m. National game on the NFL Network, Joel. I'm excited. I'm very excited. 8 p.m. I don't know how I'm going to stay up all night <laughs> watching this game, but I am indeed looking forward to once, it. Once that third quarter hits, I think you'll get a, bo a boost of energy. Absolutely. Um, all right, we're talking about defense now, so we, we, we covered some of the offensive players to watch. Uh, Joel, when it comes to the defensive line heading into this game, anything in particular you're looking to check out? Yeah, a lot. Um, all of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's, uh, you know, the, the thing about the defensive line I'm most excited for is Chris Jones, who, of course, will not be playing. And uh, it doesn't look like Benny Logan um, may, it may, he may not play because right. he hasn't been at practice the last few times, which, which stinks because right. this is the guy you wanted to see. You know, Dontari Poe moves on to the Atlanta Falcons. This is a replacement. Some people say he's better. Some people say, says he, say he's just as good. Would have been nice to get a look at him. Yeah, that's, that's a little disappointing. Roy Miller, um, you know, who, who could be the backup nose. He's kind of like Logan. They talked about how he's a raw 
run stopper, and that was a problem last year. So I want to see Roy Miller. I mean, you look at him at training camp; he looks like he eats babies for breakfast. <laughs> like that—that's the type. This of is going to be one of those pull quotes mess. that we that we pull out of the podcast <laughs> to tease it. Uh, yeah, no, he is a big, big man, and he may get some burn, especially with the first team and Logan, you know, being um, out. But what excites me, and this is more so than just a preseason game when it comes to this DL, is the idea of Bailey, Jones, and Logan being healthy in the regular season. Even if Logan is not playing, even if Jones is not playing Friday night, or even you know the second or third game in the preseason, I think the key is having those three guys ready for game one because that's going to be pretty deadly along the defensive line. Yeah, Alan Bailey especially is, you know, that looks like that'll be the only one among those that we'll get to see on uh, Friday. But, you know, he doesn't get mentioned enough, um, you know, when we talked about the Chiefs' run defensive struggles last year. Um, at least me, like, I don't, you know, I don't always put Bailey's, you know, Bailey being injured as like yeah. a reason there, but that was definitely part of it. So, um, you know, I think he should be part of the reason that the run defense improves. You'll also see the. You'll also get a chance to see the steps, perhaps, that a Nacho has taken, and a there's Jarvis Jenkins too, the veteran as well. Right. So, um, other defensive players to watch along. So, uh, Passanio, TK, um, he was hurt on uh, Tuesday. on Tuesday. So, you know, I I would say that officially puts him up in the air for the game. He may, he may wind up playing. Um, I don't you know I don't know it. I hope he does because he's been someone yeah. to watch at training camp as well. He, this is just a, a massive man. He looks like a professional wrestler. I want to see where they line him up. Like I know at camp they put him on the outside a little yeah. bit too, and on the inside. Like I think a guy like that, uh, you know, really gives you a lot of flexibility. And then um, you know when when Chris Jones gets back, you know they talked about Chris's uh, Chris Jones's um, uh, arm length, and you know TK's is even longer. Um, so, you know, I think that could be kind of a fun combination on the field together in some of those uh, pass rushing situations. And is can he actually rush the passer? Right. You know, like that's a that's a question you have to ask with your defensive lineman. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. And it's a question, you know, and that provides a nice segue. Thank you, Joel, to the outside linebackers. You know, we that was a question we were asking about D Ford until last year, until he had that stretch where he you know ended up getting 10 sacks. Right. Yeah, this will uh, the the outside linebackers. Um, I just think of Justin Houston, still the you know the most underplayed storyline on the Chiefs this year. Um, his return and whether or not he's healthy. Uh, you know, I feel like he's got a lot to prove because uh, he's been you know hurt a few times in the last few years. Uh, so I'm excited, um, you know, about Houston. I don't know how much we'll see. Um, you know, it might this be a, weekend. It might be a series or two. And what's interesting to me, I think, for the first time, and like I said, probably a series or two, maybe one series, is you're going to get to see Justin Houston um, after having a full offseason of working out. I mean, last year he was rehabbing, so that's different than working out. So this is, should be him back to normal, back to that regular routine, uh, back on the left side. And you've had D Ford, who had a healthy offseason, and he's now on the right side working out there the whole time. Right. Because you know, remember, Houston, when Houston was out, D was on the left. Um, and then, uh, you know, you won't see Tom Bahali, but I think having these guys um, healthy at the same time, plus, you know, some of these defensive linemen, including Alan Bailey, who will be there um, hopefully, you know, like the other guys when the regular season starts, you get to start to see. You know, what are some of these quarterbacks going to do when they have all this pressure coming up on them? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, last year they were 28th in sacks. Uh, you know, you mentioned Kansas City. You think they're a great defense. The great defenses, you know, do not are not 28th in the league in sacks. 
Um, and so I think you're looking at, you know, Houston and Ford to correct that, you know, especially Ford. He was this offseason. He was working with uh, Chuck Smith. He's a pass rush specialist. Um, and, you know, he also went to Von Miller's pass rush summit. Uh, so, you know, D Ford, um, you know, coming up two years away from a contract year, like they should be right in his prime. Um, he broke out last year. Like there's some reason to think that D Ford could have a pretty darn good season this year. Should be fun to watch, uh, begins on Friday night. I want to move now into the inside, uh, with the inside linebackers. What I anticipate you seeing on Friday to start the game will be Derek Johnson alongside Rameek Wilson. How many inside linebackers are competing for one spot? It, for, for a few days, especially when Johnson missed the, uh, those two practices because he was at the dentist's office, um, it seemed like everyone was getting in the, in the middle. Uh, since then, you know, a practice or two had passed, and Rameek Wilson has now been taking a lot of the uh, first-team snaps. But I don't think that is an officially over battle. Like, I think there's guys... Um, out there who could work their way maybe into a position next to DJ Josh Malga. Yeah. Because, I mean, how successful were the, was that Chiefs defense when they were working together? You know I, what I mean? Yeah, with, with Malga especially, um, you know, obviously he's familiar with everything. But, yeah, he he was a former starter. And I just assumed with him coming back, it's going to take him a few weeks to really, you know, kind of get back to normal. I know I thought he missed a day with, you know, his hip was Yeah, uh, he was sore. back on Tuesday. But, yes, you're right. Yeah, um, so, so, I mean, that's, you know – what if in two weeks from now he's a little healthier right. and looking better? I mean, so I'm 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 kind of interested in that too because Bob Sutton loves him too. I mean, yeah. these are these are guys who, who their relationship dates back to the New York Jets, which was before the Chiefs. Um, and then another player to watch, I believe, when the second team will come on is uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis. Yeah, that was who was traded for DJ Alexander a couple weeks back, a week or two ago. Um, and I think the Chiefs are really going to want to see. You know, against second teamers, what they have in KPL, as I've been I've been calling him now. Yeah, no, I th- KPL is what I went with too. Um, I agree completely. I think uh, when the trade was made, I think a lot of people looked at this as swapping special teamers. Um, but since then, we've kind of learned that KPL has you know some defensive value. Uh, so what ex- what exactly is that? You know, um, I, I and you know I'm sure like a lot of Chiefs fans, you just don't know much about this guy. Uh, he's only been here for a week, so um, you know I'm I'm interested to see uh, just what kind of athlete he is. You know, yeah, and uh, you know moving now moving on back to the secondary, I I want to just talk about how. When you think of the the Chiefs secondary, and, and and you think about where it's where it's come, you know you have Marcus Peters at cornerback, and then your two safeties are Ron Parker and Eric Berry. Then you have your right cornerback, which is really the only question mark. But it's like, wow, these th- first three guys are so solid and so good. If we can figure out this right cornerback spot, um, you know, we can we get some get something together. And I think what the Chiefs are looking at right now is Steve Nelson has a spot, then it's Mitchell, and then it's Philip Gaines, and Gaines just very much recently in the last week or so has looked like, you know, maybe this could be the gains of old. Maybe he's got that injury figured out finally. Right. Um, you know, I know some, some people are down on gains because of the injury history. Um, and that's why I don't think I could rely on him. I'd have to make sure I have, you know, um, plenty of depth behind him. But, uh, you know, I think he can contribute this year. Uh, you know, he's very, very fast. Uh, which is important in the secondary, obviously. Um, so yeah, no, and, and and you know, whoever can get you know that third or fourth spot, um, you know, I think is actually going to play a decent amount, um, not just from injuries, uh, but from more teams playing three and four receivers like the New England Patriots. 
so I think they will play um, plenty. Uh, yeah, there's there's just like you know there's like five guys there that I like for various reasons that they don't have the complete package. You know what I mean? Terrence Mitchell did it for a while last year. Um, I like some of what Gaines has to offer. Devonte Bosby. Um, you know, maybe more so in the next couple of years, but I think he's got a future. Um, so I, I kind of like the feel of that position where you've got a number of different candidates, um, you know, who, who, uh, who, who could kind of rise up here. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the secondary. Yeah. I mean, I said it on 610 radio the other day during my interview, it, it's crazy how often teams are in the nickel and dime sets um, right now. And Eric Berry has missed the last couple of practices with the heel injury. So you look at this, this dime look and it's uh, Sorensen and you have Eric Murray coming in and, yeah. and don't forget that's usually that special teams thing is usually springboard for these chiefs of, of how they, you know, that's how Sorensen got his contract. So then you have Sorensen, um, Eric Murray, and you, then you have Mitchell and Nelson and that set, you know, the nickel and dime sets are going to be so important against, like you were saying, a New England Patriots, you know, um, before there were so many injuries, a Chargers team, the Raiders, you know, the, these sets will be on a lot more as, as each league year passes and as the pass um, gets to be such a primary factor in a lot of these games. And, you know, teams aren't running the ball anymore. I was just reading, uh, uh, you know, this cool piece from the Ringer on the 2007 Patriots and, you know, how like a lot of these concepts you just talked about, um, you know, they were they were among the first ones to do that. Um, you know, they weren't the first spread offense in the NFL or anything like that. Uh, but just some of the unique things that they did, um, you know, were uh, was was kind of revolutionary at the time. And only ten years later, um, you know, the Chiefs are in the dime for you know half <laughs> half half the time. You know, right. half half their defense. So uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy how quickly um, you know uh, it's it's changed. But you know, clearly. Uh, not to sound cliche, but give me all, you know, you can't have enough good cornerbacks. Like, give them all to me. And right. safeties. I'll take those, too. Cool. All right. Well, well, we went through every position, things to be watching for Friday night. Uh, I do want to say, as the game's on, please follow at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter and at PG Sween. We're providing updates and insight as the night goes on. As far as other coverage, what should fit, what should um, the Arrowhead Priders know is going to be happening Friday night? Yeah, uh, make sure to your uh, you like our Facebook page. We'll do some uh, pregame uh, tailgating stuff. Check out the scene. I imagine it's not going to be that uh, that crazy uh, for you know. The I mean, first Friday person. night, no one's got work the next day. You right. never know. That's true. That's true. Um, so we'll be doing some Facebook lives before and after the game. Uh, check that out. I will be up in the press box. Um, so it should be fun. And then also our uh, uh, the one of the writers for our 49ers site at SP Nation uh, will be up there with me. So we'll probably get a chance to meet her and talk to her a little bit about the game too. Very cool. And then you'll get another uh, perspective as far as the opponents the Chiefs will be facing on Friday night. Should be fun. I'm glad we finally get to see a little bit of Patrick Mahomes. I know uh, this has been a long, long time coming for most of you. Stick with our coverage on Friday night. He's Joel Thorman. I'm Pete Sweeney. And this has been the Arid Pride Podcast. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or 
I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Smart.